Well, it's that time of year again, my friends, and this is another edition of Real Hardball Talk with my man, Coach Ty Harrington. We're going to overview the uh, preview, excuse me, the entire baseball season. We'll give you weekly updates on things that we have noticed, but we got to give a round of applause for my man, Ty Harrington. It was learned to me today that he is going to be calling some of the University of Texas baseball games with one Craig Way. Ty is a lifetime Longhorn, former head coach of the Texas State Bobcats. Now he's in the professional realm, and now he's trying to be professional behind the mic. I really enjoy talking baseball with him, and I know that the fans enjoy listening to you talk a lot of baseball. So welcome in, my man, Ty Harrington. Ty, how's it going, buddy? Michael, it has been seven months <laughs> since you and I got on this computer, got on this Zoom type world that we exist in today. And it's been seven months since the uh, University of Texas, you know, got defeated in Omaha and, and competed and played for a national championship. And what a great run and fun and momentum and certainly gave you and I an opportunity to, to spend a lot of time together, talk about college baseball, along with a lot of other teams and and uh, and I certainly enjoyed last year and I look forward to this year I woke up this morning at 4 45 thinking it was opening day and got up and I was already kind of not nervous but I was kind of like man I got I got to get up I got to get going it's it's that time of year and uh I'm 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 ready I, I I'm gonna say this at the beginning and you're not gonna end it in the, the same thing this is gonna be the most exciting and the best play college baseball season in the history of college baseball for multiple reasons because of the COVID layover with the kids that have stayed on for another year, the lack of the number of draft picks. And there's just, I just, I can't begin to tell you if you love baseball like you do and you can see the inside of a game like you can and you do and the way you present it to the people when you're doing your TV and your radio show, the way you can in, internally present the game and see the beauty of it. This is going to be one of the most incredible years and one of the funnest years to be a part of and, uh, and excited to be, you know, and let me say this too, before we get going, you brought up my, the, the TV part and radio for me. Congratulations on your deal on the, and the afternoon show. Well-deserved. You bounced around from Austin to San Antonio, kept the <laughs> dream alive, kept working, kept your feet moving. And, uh, and you're 104.9 The Horn with a great group, by the way. And you do such a fabulous job. And you and Rob are going to kill it. I'm talking about kill it. And I'm excited for you. And I know you're doing some TV this weekend as well. I do have to ask. Last year it was, you know, lean on me when we were hitting the homers. What's it? What is it? This, I know you laid in bed last night with butterflies. Tell me what it what. Tell me what it's going to be this year. I can't tell you just yet. I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't break the news right now. But I will oh, tell I love you this. It. I felt the exact same way, and we probably could have done our uh, radio, I mean, our, yeah. our podcast a little bit earlier this morning because I, too, was up early yeah. this morning getting really excited about baseball and the fact that, you know, the one thing that I've always looked at, the fact of it all is opening day is like no other. Everybody can talk about their first basketball game, their first football game. It's Saturday. You're running out Sunday. Baseball is an everyday job, but there's nothing like that first day of yeah. baseball. You, you, everybody has hopes and dreams, and they're going to be the MVP as an individual, and they're going to win the championship as a team, and we're going to have all these accolades, but you always have come to this, and you use this a lot. 
Yep. It's like your girlfriend, man. Sometimes it's a little sad. Sometimes it's real. It brings you joy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is the most humbling sport that you could ever play. You can't be too high. You can't be too low. You have to keep an even keel. When the chips are down, you rise up. And when they're way up there, you got to kind of keep them in perspective. So this game can be cruel to you, but nothing is like opening day. No question. And Michael, it couldn't have been said any better. The, the reality is, is the, the kids will show up at the, at the locker room a little bit earlier today. Um, when you get ready as a coach, you, you'll walk over to each of your staff members and hug them and, uh, and talk about, cause you put so much time and effort. People don't know it's a year round job. It's not like a, Hey, let's just get ready in January. And the coaches will all embrace each other with the idea of finally, it's here right now. It's it's time to really, you know, go out there and, and, and watch this and start doing what we really love to do. And that's the game part of it. Players are the same way. Most coaches will walk through their, their locker room and embrace each kid and talk about, you know, opening day and how special opening day is. Even though as a head coach, a lot of times you have to try to make them realize, hey, man, we got 50, we got 56 of these things coming at us, right, for the whole season. But like you just put it, man – you put your shoes on a little bit tighter on, on opening day. You got that uniform. You stand in the mirror just a little bit longer to make sure that that uniform <laughs> is in there just right and doesn't have any wrinkles to it. And you got your hat. Hey, you got your new hat just, just crested. Right. Built, That's right. down just right, you know, and your sunglasses put up on top and uh, and you're ready to roll. And so, so am I. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, 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 I woke up Wednesday and was so excited, and, and uh, it reminded me back when I was coaching, and uh, and so I'm excited to do this show with you, and I'm excited to preview some some college baseball. I know you wanted to talk about the Big 12, and I know you've spent some time, you know, because you've got OU and K-State and Texas Tech with you this weekend where you are, yep. and you're going to get to watch them firsthand. And yep. uh, you and I both had a chance to visit with Skip and, and, and Coach Tadlock, and I don't know if everybody knows this. I know you do that Tim and Skip grew up together and they've been lifelong and best friends forever. Yeah. And, and they are thicker than thieves and, uh, and they are some kind of, you know, it, it not only, you know, great friends, but great baseball people. And, uh, and certainly when you talk to Skip and you're going to see it firsthand, the first thing out of his mouth said, and I was in a hurry. I was like, Skip, what, what's your, what you got? What's the best thing you got working for you right now? What is your team about? Here's a big news flash, big shocker, right? Skip's got, Pitching depth. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Right. right? right. Who'd have thought? Right. And he, and he was so excited about the, the pitching depth. I think, you know, they got a uh, kid back. Burkhart kid that was out last year with Tommy yeah. John. He's, he really thinks he's special. Um, and, and the kid for me that I've loved coming out of high school is a Graham kid. And uh, an old wiry thing. He's put on some weight now and he's got some sock in that bat. And he is a little baseball rat, man. He just. Yeah. That knows knows where the ball is all the time, and and of course you know it, it, and it seems like Treadway's been there forever, and uh, and it, you know which is a college baseball name because of his grandfather and his dad. Yeah, I played and, with uh, his dad. So yeah, you did. Dad. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And that's starting yeah. to tell how old you're getting finally. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so go ahead, tell me a little bit about what what you kept talking to you about and and with OU and, and moving forward in the Big Twelve. What are your thoughts so far? Well, the biggest thing for Obviously, OU is they they want to obviously play a lot better than what they did last year. They dealt with a bunch of injuries. They 
They don't ever make excuses. You know how Skip Johnson is, former Texas uh, pitching coach with Augie Garrido, and he always leans on some of Augie's words of wisdom about pitch-to-pitch, day-to-day, fragments of the game, being able to break the game up into games itself, and the, the mental aspect of it and what each player can do differently every single day to make themselves a better better player. And, you know, obviously he's very high on the Peyton Graham kid. He's going to move him over to short base. They lost, I mean, short base, sec, uh, shortstop. They lost the Zaragoza kid yeah. who had never missed a start in his entire Oklahoma career. And to your point of your opening that you said, and this is something that Skip talked about, the coach from K-State, coach from Arizona, coach from Coach Tadlock, is the experience of everyone in this college baseball season. Yeah. That's why it is going to be the most exciting. It's going to be yep. the most well-played baseball yep. because of the maturity levels on every single team. It's almost like you're watching a professional baseball game yep. because those guys are so much older. You're not going to see very many true freshmen that are going to be out there playing unless it's a, you know a guy that turned down some money to go to college. And, and those are the guys that are going to get those big time opportunities. But for the most part, they're, they're leaning on transfers. They're leaning on uh, guys that have been within the program that just that baseball lifers. And to your point, same thing with Treadaway. Treadaway is a kid that has been around the baseball game since before he was even born and, <laughs> and understanding how the game is played. And he's a fast center fielder. Obviously, he didn't get the speed from his father, but uh, <laughs> but the way that he has that much experience on the team and leadership has them poised to have a great year this year. Same yep. thing with Tadlock. Tadlock, you've talked to him, yep. and you know how excited he is about his baseball team. He's got the best player in the country and Jace Young, who yep. is going to have a uh, what is expected to be a unbelievable year, probably the biggest year that we've seen in a while because of his experience. And he's played a lot of baseball. He's played a lot of baseball and the ball for whatever reason in West Texas decides to jump up out the yard a little bit more than every other place. Oh, oh I've been there. Oh, I've been there. I've, I've watched the jump out personally. And, uh, being in the other dugout. I, I think what, you know, what to me, one of the things that Tim said that it was exciting I said kind of the same thing. I kind of like, hey, what, what do you really like about your club? Believe this. He, he said our freshman class, particularly our freshman pitchers. Right. He had three freshman pitchers turned down a, a bunch of money, major league draft. to come to school. Uh, one of them, he felt like the West Coast kid it, from California. He felt, I guess Molina's his name, Mason Molina. He felt like was going to find his way in there this weekend. Um, but he felt like that their freshman pitchers were going to be a could be a separation point for them from some other teams with their youthfulness. Now they got into the portal like everybody else did, yep. and um, and they got you know some different people that to to help improve themselves. But if people remember, you and I talked about this the very first, if not maybe the second podcast we did last year. Tim and him they got hurt last year. They lost their two best pitchers. Yes before the season even started. And so uh, to me, you know, they're going to get jump in there and reload and they still played great, right. Still had a good yep. year. And so I, I just feel like they're going to jump in there and really reload. Um, I think one of the things I think you might agree with me on, on this 
if you look at like TCU, what's the transition going to be like? Uh, to me, that's what it's all about. I'm not, I know Coach Sarlos. I know he's a tremendous coach. I know he's a, a, a great mind in, in baseball. Jim had established the way things were going to be done in Fort Worth for a long time. He didn't, he didn't vary off of that. I mean, this is, Jim was very demanding uh, in a good way. And, and it paid off. I mean, look at the success they had. I think Sarlos can do the same thing. I'm not saying he right. can. I truly right. think he can. I think he's going to be able to combine his personality and then what was already engaged in there. Yeah, um, he was part of the staff, so he understands what it was yeah. about. You know, that that's the that's the part that you can have a little solace in where you say, yeah, he'll be able to understand what he wants to do. But yeah. you know as well as I do, and we'll get into Texas State a little while in a little while, but the thing about it is, you know, they want to bring in their own little flair and some things that they want to do as well sure. to try to to make the to make it their team, you know. Well, it's like it's like you're you know, it's like you guys, you and Rice radio show. OK, yep. it's the same thing. You want to bring you were brought in to, to add to the show. Right. And, and to bring your personality. Right. And it's right. there's no difference in coaching. You're, you're brought in as a coach and Steven at, at, at Texas state and, and David Pierce at Texas. And, and now Jim and it, you're brought in to do what you're comfortable within yourself, what you're right. comfortable doing personality wise. And that's why I think it's going it, to, it, you know, coach Sarlis, I think will do a great job of that. Uh, I know he's a very strong minded yeah. <laughs> uh, coach. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think and, and that that's important because if things do go South for a brief moment, the, the players have got to know that they believe in, in, in what he believes in. Right. Right. And, and, and if you're a tough minded guy, everybody will still stay in line and, and, and believe what you're trying to believe. When I say stay in line, believe what you're, what you've been preaching right. and, and what you've been telling them all along. And so I don't know, t tell me like, the one thing team, I don't know anything about, I'm curious to hear from you is K state. I mean, I, tell me a little bit about what, what their future looks like. K-State is one of those teams as well. They, they went into the transfer portal and brought in a bunch of kids. One of the kids, I actually used to coach his older brother. He was the junior college player of the year. He had a bunch of accolades while he was playing at JUCO, Cash Rugely, right yeah. there at Cedar Ridge. He was actually a kid that I was trying to yeah. get you guys right. to take uh, no, at one point. Yeah, he, he yeah. went on to do some great things and Coach, Coach Hughes expects a lot from him because he's a, one of those mature kids. He's been around the game. He he went the hard route. You know, JUCO is not the easiest route. You were a former JUCO coach, and yep. you understand the trials and tribulations of getting kids in school and having them focused and being able to come out and perform to, to move on. But he also brought in a, uh, some kids from Oklahoma, believe it or not. You know, he got some he got some arms from Oklahoma, and he got some – position players as well so one thing that he is really looking forward to is kind of the same thing as all these coaches they want to make sure that their pitching staff can throw strikes yeah. if you can throw strikes early in the season and for those that don't remember this was the scene of the crime for the university of texas last year playing in globe life where they didn't play very well and it became it became their rallying cry after the snow vid and not being able to get the work, but actually still coming up and facing all those great arms in the SEC. Um, this is where Texas decided to, hey, we need to figure something out and get this done when they got back to work to Austin. And that helped them uh, resurrect their season because there was a lot of questions. You and I even talked about it like, 
man, they got to find a way to put the ball in play. But that's some of the things that they're looking at. They've got a deep team. they got an experienced team, but they also are dealing with a lot of transfers. Coach Hughes is a tough guy. He's an East Coast guy. Yeah. He's very fun to talk to, but he, he really likes his team. He has four captains on the team, and he said that you could add a couple more because of the leadership yeah. that in which they play. Coach, I want to ask you this, because yeah. as we break down the Big 12, obviously – Texas, um, Oklahoma State's another team that's yes. in there. They're ranked number seven. Yep. Uh, Texas Tech ranked number 14. TCU ranked number 17 in a D1 baseball top 25. This is going – and Baylor's an up-and-coming team. They got a lot of talent there. They got some guys that are draft eligible that a lot of scouts are talking about. Um, Steve Rodriguez, a former teammate of mine, has yep. done a great job there at Baylor. And – as we look at this Big 12 conference, obviously Texas is the number one team in the nation, and you know how hard it is to stay number one throughout the season. But most importantly, you put a big X or target on your back every single time when the team gets the chance to play. As the season goes on, and we'll continue to talk about this, but what is your overview of the Big 12 as a whole? Man, I think they've got a lot of power arms. I, I mean, I, everybody that you talk about, you know, and, and I forgot that you and Steve were teammates. You know, the Rigney kid's back now. Mm -hmm. He was out all last year, and, and I actually played against his dad. Um, but I – well, I coached against his dad, I guess. He was a little bit younger than I was. <laughs> I was going to say, now you tell I don't know they can't feel bad if he's listening <laughs> to this, by the way, or put him in a you know, different line age-wise. But I think the power arms, to me – and, and there's always been great arms in the Big 12 because it's, it's it's a Southern conference, to, right. to say, you know, for the most part, right? And so uh, I just am very proud of, of, of the Southern part of the country and how many power arms are because they're able to get outside it and, and execute and, and you know, their, their arm work and different things. And, you know, you said something about K-State having Oklahoma kids, and I would hate for Jake Spavital to hear this because I tell him this all the time. Per capita, the state of Oklahoma, per capita, and the state of Louisiana put out so many arms in Georgia, it's unbelievable. And so it's not surprising that K-State went over there and, 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 and got, was able to get some arms out of there. But I, I think it, it, I think the Big 12, if you – everybody, I don't know the ACC as well, right? I know yeah. it, but I don't really know it as well. I'm proud of the, of the baseball play in this part of the country, and I just think the Big 12 is set up – if you go through there and you look at the power arms they have and you look at the guys coming back on all these teams that were in the Big 12 last year, the position players, I, I think the Big 12 is set up to have six, maybe more type, you know, NCAA-type teams if a team like K-State is as good as, as Coach Hughes says that they are and they're able to stay healthy. What right. happens to teams like that, which Texas was really fortunate last year, right? They stayed incredibly healthy last year. Right. But if a K-State – loses like you know there were times where even at texas state we were really good but we would lose our best player or our next best player to an injury and it, it, you just didn't have that depth you know there wasn't a future all-american sitting right in behind it like at some of these other programs so if, they, if the big 12 stays healthy and they don't you know beat each other up historically which is what they've done a little bit of i do think it's going to be a tremendous year uh, for the Big 12, and I think the baseball, like we keep talking about, keep harping about, and, and going to keep doing it, is going to be played at a really, really high level. And I, I think 
and we're not even talking about Oklahoma State that much because I don't know him as well yet and, right. and the job that Coach Holiday's done. Um, and I, I just, man, I'm, I don't know, man. I think they're going to be really, – they didn't lose a lot. They lost a third baseman right. off last year's club. And then they, they got – and they lost, what was it, five pitchers last year right. during the season? During the season. And, and still he, were, yes. were, were right in there, right? Right. And, uh, and I threatened the idea. I would love just to go up there and, and take in a series in there in that, in that new ballpark. And, uh, and call Gary Ward and say, let's go sit down and, and, and watch a game in there. I really love it. You would love, you, we would have a blast doing it too, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think I we're going to Eskimo Joe's too much, man. We have to chill out well, a little bit. I, I want you to bring that up. But <laughs> since you brought it up, I mean, uh, you know, I'll tell you, there's, there's a small possibility that that would happen. <laughs> you know, just but uh, I just, man, I, I think it's going to be great. I really do. Uh, I think it's going to be fun for everybody to watch if everybody stays healthy. If everybody's uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. Health is the biggest thing, and that's why Texas was able to go on that run as they did uh, last year because they were one of the healthiest teams. Obviously, losing Austin Todd was the only real injury that they did, but as I told somebody yesterday, then we got a chance to see Douglas Hodo, one of my yeah. favorite players on that team because yeah. of that. So let's just yeah. stay right there, and let's talk about the University of Texas. They have a opening series this weekend uh, playing Rice, the Rice Owls will be led now by Jose Cruz Jr., which is, uh, you know, a, a famous name in this part of the world yep. because of his father, but also himself because he was one of the best baseball players to ever grace the field over there at Rice. They have, they've had quite a few, by the way. They've had quite a few players over yeah, there. That, that line of players is pretty good. Yeah, but when we talk about the Texas Longhorns, uh, we can talk about the experience. We could talk about the arms. Uh, we could talk about the leadership. But let's talk about how this team came together last year. As we alluded to a little while ago, there was a lot of rumblings about the way that they were hitting or lack thereof here at the State Farm College Classic in Arlington. They've made the adjustments. They ended up battling really, really good. Mike Antico played well. Uh, Zach Zubia played an unbelievable first base for the first time the infielders, Cam Williams, but all those guys are replaced now. There's a lot that's going to be happening on the 40 acres, and it starts at the top with uh, David Pierce, his leadership, Troy Tulewiski, Sean Allen, and that coaching staff over there. But talk about the middle of that infield. I know how much you and I both love the leather when it's played properly. And those, those two middle infielders are some of the best in the country. They are, they are so good. I mean, I just, I think Texas has redefined what Texas, you know, baseball defensively should look like. Um, I mean, it's so fun and so sexy to watch them play defense. Yeah. And they just, you know, I think Tulo's done a great job with those infielders. You know, he was such a grinder as a defender of the baseball, but he pays they pay, and I just did not say just him. They pay such great attention to the detail. You know, even I was watching him the other day. He was breaking it down on the plate of the plate from the shortstop position with the infield up, how the ball rotates out of your hand moving left to right, and how your aim, you've got to aim, you know, towards the, the front shoulder of his left shoulder, the catcher. So, I mean, I'm sorry, the right shoulder, so it tails back into the tag position. And so when, you, when you're doing that, you're trying to gain detail. That's focus. pretty smooth right there, what you just right. broke down. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, think about different. that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, there's a lot that, that detail part of the game he brings, right? And he just and 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 David allows him to do and David does too. I'm not saying right, that, right, but right. for the infield part of it. 
So when you start talking about things like that, number one, you got a mature team. You're spending your time talking about where you're throwing the ball as opposed to, hey, you got to get your hands out front. Hey, you got to work low. Hey, you got to work through the ball, which is the basic stuff. They're past that. And so they're polished. Uh, they're professional. They're detailed. Uh, they're really fun to watch. You know, Messenger, I went and watched the third baseman transfer from Kansas. He plays defense just like the rest of them. You wouldn't know he hadn't been there, right? And so, I mean, he just fit right in. And, uh, you know, and, and Melendez has got to play first base at a high level, um, you know, because I thought Zubia really played first base. He did. He really, did. Hey, a really emotional, controlled, physically controlled first base. There yeah. was no panic in that kid in any, any form or fashion. So, and then the, the best, I, there's probably somebody better out there. But I think they got the best catcher in the country. Mm. That guy, that guy throws strikes to second base in his sleep. Right. And I, I mean, he wakes up. I think he gets out of bed in the morning, grabs a baseball, and throws it at something just to get his day started. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, I, so they've made the defensive side of the baseball fun. You know this when you got such speed in the outfield with Hodo and Kennedy and Todd and, and, you know, whether they choose to play some other people out there as well, um, that's just, they take runs away. So when you start taking runs away, you start taking momentum away, you start taking pieces of heart, they start just pieces of their heart away in the middle of a game, man, you get in there in the fifth inning, you know, it, you smash a ball and you're running the second, this is a double and the guy on first base is right out. He's, all the way to second base at this point, and then all of a sudden they run over and catch you. You're like, what the? Yeah, what exactly. The? You know, exactly. And, and it just starts to take your, you know, your 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 will away. And yeah. uh, and so I think that you know, for them offensively, I'm mean, I'm sorry, defensively, um, I, I think it's going to be really fun to watch uh, to see how these guys play this year and and uh, and how they have a chance to perform. But their their attention to detail is is really fun because they've moved past that. Right. right. They, they've got past the fundamental part. They, they've executed on up into a higher level of, of, of coaching and a higher level of kids, you know, participating with what they're the information that they're getting. And that's why we were talking about the maturity level of a lot of guys. They, they can move on yeah. and go to other things like you can go into a detailed conversation, as you alluded to with Troy to right. because you're not having to teach the fundamental part. Now you're taking it to that next level. And you, you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the speed of, of the outfield, being able to cut off balls in the gaps that helps your pitching staff. They don't, they're not afraid to make a mistake. That's right. They are able to say, okay, well, they're only going to get to first base, but not only that, not only are they cutting the balls off, They've each got a cannon out there as well, and they know how to get the ball out to get back into the infield. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they're going to do defensively because we both are defensive-minded guys. We like to play defense yep. and take the, like you said, take the wheel away from somebody that thinks that they're going to get a hit. That was one of the things that I always loved is if I didn't get a hit the inning before, you weren't getting a hit. If you hit it towards me, I'm making sure that you I were spent my whole career that way. <laughs> That's why you were a gold glover. You wouldn't That's let why anybody I get a lot quicker than I anticipated. <laughs> well, well, speaking of that, coach, let's talk a little bit about uh, the offensive side of the ball for, yeah. for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, they've got speed, speed, and more speed up there, but they've also got some power. They brought back Ivan Melendez, the Hispanic Titanic over there at the plate. <laughs> We've seen him make balls disappear, and that's not normal at the University of Texas and at Dish Fault. 
uh, for balls to just go out into the abyss where you can't feel, you can't see it the anymore. Tennis center. Hell, he was hitting them up into the tennis center. That exactly. fence up there, for crying out loud. Exactly. You know, the night the guy was sitting at the fence, he was sitting there drinking a beer. He was watching the game. The ball bounced right in front of him. He was like, what the hell is that? Exactly. One of the <laughs> farthest balls I've ever seen hit in my life. And I've oh, seen them. I've seen them. I've even given some of those things up before. So I yeah. totally get that. But, but when you sit there and you look at this team and this offensive mindset, it's a lot different than the bun them, get them over type of, of yeah. baseball that we were used to seeing. And now it's the aggressive jump on a pitch, drive it, take the extra base because these guys can run a little bit. And they seem to be balanced all the way up and down through that lineup. Uh, one of the guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year is Dylan Campbell. I mean, he had a great yeah. summer. He had yeah. a great summer. He's made a huge stride. He can play some third. He can play some short. He can play some outfield. He can probably he's probably going to start the season as the DH. We don't know. He may end up playing some first base a little bit too because he's that gifted of a, of an athlete. So when you look at this team from top to bottom, they're going to score a bunch of runs. Yeah, balance is the right word. You used it right. They, so the hard part, and I know you and I can understand this, and I hope some people, I hope there's millions of people listening to this actually, but you have, to, you have to get through their lineup four and five times, and they just grind you down. They don't give away. They don't have trash at bats. In other words, they don't give away an OO breaker running away out of the strike zone, roll over ground ball to the third base. They don't do that. They don't give that to you, right? Where you can be efficient as a pitcher and they get themselves out. Four and five times through that lineup is really a challenge when they can beat you with their feet. They can beat you with a ball in a gap or in a homer. They can beat you by taking a walk which they are more than willing to do last year, I thought was one of the most impressive things when Antico and those guys and Hodo and those guys would start to take walks late in games. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were able to execute their offense. And, and I've said this before, and I believe this because I've known David a long time. One of the things that he has done and does, he knows what each of those guys can do, what right. they are successful at doing. He doesn't ask them to do something that they would have a hard time doing. And when the moment arrives, he pulls the trigger on what he thinks they can do. He doesn't wait. He doesn't just generalize and say, well, in this situation, I have to bot right here, or I have to do this, or the book tells me I got to do this. He lets the individual tell him what they're capable of doing. And he does a really good job of playing this already out in his mind. Uh, prior to tonight's game, he will have played out you know, if this person shows up in this situation and in this situation of the game, this fits him perfectly. This is what he can execute and do. And I think David does a really good job. I think he's got a, a great intuitive to that and to each individual and to the individual into that moment of the game right then and there. And then they have a chance. Let me tell you something. If, if you're a third baseman on that turf and an opposing team, they've got three guys in that lineup that if you drop your eyes for one second, and they see you drop your eyes for one second, or you're daydreaming about your bat at bat in the last half inning, <laughs> you're three steps behind third base, my friend, you're not getting to that ball. They just drag bunted right in front of you. Yeah. And so, and, and, and that drag bunt just led to not only a, a base hit, but a double because they're going to probably sit still. That, that's the versatility that they truly have. Do they have enough guys around the power guys and all that? Yeah. You could take that order and shuffle the cards and it still come up right. 
and 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 be the you know a great offensive lineup. And, and the interesting thing for for I think for you and I, the fun thing for you and I is what sequentially does that order stack up, you know, and, and how does that work for for Coach Pierce and and Tulo, and what does that offensive uh, lineup really look like? He he likes. I thought. He drew a line in the sand last year, right? Yes, Remember? yes. Right? It, I was like, just thinking that myself. It's like the Alamo. It, it, we, drew, we drew a line in the sand, and he said, hey, these are my guys. This is how we're going to do it. Yep. And that order changed very little, but technically kind of stayed within one or two uh, you know, lineup spots. Yep. So I, I just think that you could take it. It's interchangeable in that lineup at this point. And I, I, they've got coverage on, on just about every aspect. The one thing I think that they would like to try to develop is it's a right-handed lineup, right? So how do you attack right-handed sliders? I'm sure they spend every day in BP with Tulo, those guys, you know, throwing breakers, running away from all those right-handed hitters because that's what it's going to be. Eight of those hitters are left hand, are right-handed hitters, right? Yep. And, and seven. So how do you establish a cash? How do you establish a left-handed hitter coming off the bench? Um, and the only way you do that is to put them in a the game. You, I mean, it can't just be practice. They got to get out there. And so I'm anxious to see some of those new guys and some of the younger guys, some of those left-handed hitters, because it's going to come a time, There's, you know, in the eighth inning, yep. you know, the guys out there, you're playing OU and, and Skip's got a guy with an 89, 91 or 89 mile an hour slider running away from a right-handed hitter. Hey man, that's not easy. Right. A <laughs> hitter to hit. I don't know. Those guys, it may look like it on TV, but when your spikes are shaking in the box, because you know it's 89 breaker running away from you, it's tough. And they're going to need that left-handed contact guy or left-handed hitter to get a runner in from third base in the seventh inning or the eighth inning or something like that. So those are, those are things that I think are going to be fun. And you're right. Dylan Campbell's got one of the shortest swings on the team. Yes. I think he and Hodo have two of the shortest compact swings on the team. And so, you know, how do you get him in the lineup too? And all that's going to start coming out tonight. And uh, let me tell you what; those are good problems to have, by the way. Yeah, for sure, have, for right? sure. Those, are, I, I met you. You, you may have the butterflies, and you may be up early trying to get your mind right. But your mind is a lot more at ease when you got some sticks like that, and you can come to the ballpark knowing that you got that opportunity to win. Coach, we're going to get into Texas State next uh, yep. next podcast, and yep. we will be able to preview the Sun Belt Conference. As always, my friend, I always love talking baseball with you. We're going to make this a regular thing again, folks. So make sure you continue to look out. We will post these interviews and make sure that they're there as well. My man, Ty Harrington, one of the best out there. His mindset is always on baseball. Well, sometimes. Well, but, not yeah, all yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not all the time. But, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. And I always thank you, brother. I appreciate hey, you. Hey, let me say this. One, we, we'll get in Texas State. They're, they're better. They really yep. are. I'm, I'm proud of them. They're really going to do good. I, I really am fired up for them. And the Sun Belt's going to be really, really good. But I'm going to tell you what, if you guys don't know it, you need to jump on Flow Baseball this weekend and listen to my cars get, carry these games out. And uh, it's going to be fun. You're up there with some great baseball. I'm going to get to do Texas State tonight and uh, get to do Texas tomorrow for the first time and then back at Texas State, too. But a lot of college baseball. And we, I'll do my best. I promise you I'm going to get this out on Facebook and I'm going to get it out on Twitter. So everybody <laughs> get to see this and we're going we're gonna to steal some viewers this year, my friend. I promise you. Exactly. But as always, it's great to see that a fantastic smile and your great personality. I always love that. And I love conversating with you about baseball. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, I cannot wait. Thanks always, Coach. And just remember, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.